This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. Well, good Tuesday. After after all that practice, I still said Thursday. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. This is News Talk, and I am Brian Callahan, not Linda Swain today. Linda Swain was doing double duty. Linda uh, uh, took um, took over open line this morning, of course, which is uh, more than enough and a handful for one day. So I'm going to give her a break and take care of this show today for her today uh, while she uh, digs into the news of the day, which is what news talk is all about here. It's a gray, wet, sort of humid one on the East Coast anyway. Seems a bit nicer as you go west from here, though. And uh, while it should be a no-brainer, you know, and I want to say this right up top, not necessarily... It's not necessary to remind you, but be wary of the risk of hydroplaning. You see a couple of more mishaps early today. Um, one on Roach's Line and another here in town on the TCH, right where it ends at Logie Bay Road. Uh, now, you know, of course, the official cause is not in yet, but uh, at least in one of the cases, the police did mention and make note of the water buildup on the roads. Um, so it's always ever present and especially good fast rain that you're not expecting or um, as we know there are a few ruts on the road as well Claudette how are your hydroplaning diversion skills well you know (laughs) I I don't think I've had an incident in quite a while I've just reduced my speed and try to straddle those ruts but I find it really hard Um, you know when the rain is pelting down Mm -hmm. and those ruts are so deep and you have to go super slow and then people around you are thinking and you're going too slow. And then you got the tailgaters and people yeah. forcing you to go faster. And yeah, it's, it's quite dangerous. And yeah. I don't know how motorcyclists do it, to be honest. No, well, I mean, at least they have one set of straight wheels going at you. You mentioned the straddling. I mean, if you're trying to straddle those ruts in some places, you have a couple of inches leeway each way. And if you slip down to the water, you're shagged. And yep. if you go over too far one way to the center line, if it's only two lanes, you're, you know, I mean, it's white knuckle time. You've got to hold that wheel pretty tight in order to make sure you stay on the ruts. I mean, on the upsides of the ruts to where it's not rutted. And, uh, and then you shift on the inside when there's traffic coming. And then there's the rumble strips next to that. And I just came off a, a nice, wonderful road trip, really, to Nova Scotia. But uh, there was one spot in there. We had a major downpour. It was around Shubenacadie and... Uh, it was a brutal downpour, and I, it, I have to say, I'm not a nervous driver. I'm a good driver. I'm wary of everything that's going around me. Defensive is the way to go. And, uh, boy, I was in the thick of it. I don't like being caught in a lot of in a crunch of traffic either where you really have no control over what happens. You were nervous. Well, yeah. I, the, the rain was coming hard and straight and hitting the vehicle hard, hitting the Jeep hard. And on top of that, it was two lanes of traffic. It, uh, it was right after we got off the ferry, so there was a line of trucks and cars, and everybody's in a hurry, and everybody's trying to pass. And Oh, my God. I mean, you know, <laughs> it was there but for the grace of God. We got through it. But anyway, point made. Um, you know, hydroplaning is real. If you fall into it and you don't have the best, um, well, I mean, you could have really good treads, and still you could lose control at a good speed. Uh, when you start riding on that water. So be careful, uh, folks. Uh, slower down a bit. Uh, you can say it all you want, but um, people don't, obviously, they don't get it. Uh, driving in this afternoon, it was earlier this afternoon, just uh, people flying up Ken Mount. Until it happens, you don't appreciate it. Um, other things in the news today, and this is a, this is a great one for, the, uh, for this time of year and very appropriately done. 
We know they've, um, you know, the renaming of arts and culture centers around the province. I know the Gordon Pinson in Grand Falls, uh, Joey Smallwood's named after in Gander. And um, let me think, did Labrador West get renamed after Mr. Anderson? I better not say it. Someone will call. Maybe someone can call and fill me in if the Cornerbrook, Stephenville, and Labrador West are just having a blank here now, and I'm not going to try to look it up. I'll wait for somebody to correct me. But in the meantime, the St. John's Arts and Culture Center has been renamed to the John C. Perlin Arts and Culture Center, and I cannot, and uh, I have yet to anyone tell me someone more appropriate that that uh, happened to today. So there at the Arts and Culture in St. John's today, we had the Premier and um, the Minister responsible for Arts, uh, Steve Crocker, and of course, Miss Debbie Powers with the SPCA for years and years and years, who was also a very, very close uh, friend and um, to Mr. Perlin. Of course, John Perlin, uh, wh- where do you go there? I mean, he was, uh, it's funny, you know, I, uh, funny, but I visited at his home just around the corner from me downtown in early September of last year uh, for comment when the Queen had passed. Now, of course, John Perlin was the liaison, if you will, between the monarchy and the province for years as the Canadian secretary to the late Queen Elizabeth. Knew her personally, of course he did. And, of course, he was private secretary to the lieutenant governor. So he's been in that role for a long time, was in that role for for years and years and decades. And even, of course, in the 60s, he was the very first cultural uh, liaison for the province. Um, so uh, for cultural affairs. So couldn't have been more appropriately done today. Um, and we'll get to that a bit of that in a minute. But I was just mentioning, I visited his home last September before he passed. Um, it, he passed in October of last year. And it was only a month before that, that the Queen passed. And some said that uh, was part of it because it was very much of his life. Um, but um, it was only a month after. And I had gone up just to get him com- just to get comment from him, uh, Claudette for the most appropriate person to get comment on the Queen's passing. And I remember going in, and he was just standing around his house. he just gotten off the phone, and God love him, he called our newsroom. I asked him, because I couldn't reach him, because his phone was busy. So I ran around the corner, and I knocked on his door, and I said, would you mind calling our newsroom so we could talk to you about the Queen? And he did, because he was always gracious like that as well. So, so he didn't um, mind media giving him a call? No, not at all. He knew how to handle the media, and he knew how to handle everybody in an event, really. Uh, if you weren't following the proper protocol and pop and, cir- pop and circumstance, everything that uh, goes with the monarchy, uh, then you heard from it from Mr. Perlin <laughs> in the nicest of ways. But we have um, some audio, of course, from that uh, ceremony today at the Arts and Culture, and uh, we'll get to that later in the show. But um, first up, and we'll also, no, let me mention this too. Uh, what can we say about the Toronto Blue Jays? I'm going to mention sports because this is my chance to do it. Well, there's lots we could say about him, actually. And VOCM's resident co-Jays baseball superfan aficionado Sarah Strickland will join me in the last part of the show as we speculate as to whether the Jays have what it takes to not just make the playoffs, but if they've got what it takes to win it all. There's a lot of doubt creeping in in those circles these days. Perfect test for both those questions, of course, begins tonight as they swoop into Camden Yards for a three-game set with the I guess you could say no longer surprising American League East leading Baltimore Orioles. They've certainly proven they're for real, as opposed to the Yankees. Dare I say the Yankees. Maybe we'll get a call on that, just mentioning them. Um, It's too bad my great friend and former co-worker Robin Short, I'd love to call him up right now and say, uh, what do you think of your team? Because they are... 
I guess uh, nothing short of a dumpster fire at this part. Uh, they, at this point, they didn't even respond to their captain, Aaron Judges, calling out the team last year. Ended up still going on. I think it's an eight-game losing streak now, the worst one they've had in 30 years maybe. But back to the Jays, Baltimore's owned them this season. Uh, but this is a different time of year when games mean a lot more, especially for the Jays, who now sit just a game out of third and the final wild card spot. Uh, whoa, going to be a tough offseason if they don't make the playoffs after pretty darn high expectations. Got to believe that uh, manager Schneider would also be on pretty shaky ground if that were to happen. But we'll hash all that out when Ms. Strickland joins me in no about a half hour. But first up today, um, what else? The weather. Got some rainfall warnings up, uh, as mentioned earlier. We'll also get an update on the first storms of the hurricane season. Get the latest there with Environment Canada's David Neal. That's after the break here on News Talk. I'm Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain. We'll be right back. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show. Midnight on your VOCM. Brian Callahan with you in for Linda Swain on this Tuesday edition of News Talk. And as I mentioned before the uh, break there, um, all things weather. Uh, the Environment Canada, Crowd Environment Canada are always very uh, open and accessible when we need to talk to them. And we get a bit of rain, but we're also looking and keeping an eye. We all know what hurricane season can mean around here and uh, in the past, and particularly last year and the devastation um, heaped upon us by Fiona, especially the West Coast, and down to Burgio and Port of Basque, of course, and Burnt Islands. And so, uh, you know, when this time of year comes, and of course, with all the forecasters talking about the warmer water temperatures and how these hurricanes, as they move up the eastern seaboard, are more likely over the years coming to uh, to stay stronger, to sustain those uh, stronger winds that they have in the more southerly areas of the um, hemisphere. And uh, given the warmer water temperatures, we could be in for some, for some bad ones. But uh, let's um, talk to somebody who knows a lot more and is much more of an expert on these kind of things than I am. And I spoke just a short time ago with uh, David Neal of Environment Canada. So a uh, bit of a wet one here on the East Coast today. Let's just start there. Um, how long is this going to uh, continue and um, maybe taper off overnight or in the morning? Uh, so, yeah, what we're seeing uh, right now, we do have a co- uh, rainfall warnings out for the western half of the uh, of the Avalon Peninsula, generally the uh, southwest and the northern half, excluding the metro area. Uh, so uh, what we've seen so far is really across the uh, the whole Avalon Peninsula, and including much of the Buren Peninsula as well, we've seen so far uh, rainfall totals generally in the 10 to 20 millimeter range, give or take here or there. Uh, Argentia right now uh, sitting at about 24 millimeters. Uh, so we are expecting that rain to continue and be be heavy at times, uh, really through much of the night tonight. Uh, now, more than likely on the the Buren Peninsula, that should uh, uh, that should uh, taper off by this evening. But uh, on the Avalon, we expect that rain to be kind of off and on until uh, until tomorrow morning. So, uh, generally looking at uh, when all said and done. Uh, over the areas under the rainfall warning uh, still could be uh, depending on where you are could be quite variable in terms of what you what uh, what the final amounts look like but we're generally expecting anywhere from uh, 30 to 50 millimeters of rain when it's all said and done by uh, by tomorrow morning for those regions looking pretty humid too i guess uh, that'll create that kind of uh, stickiness 
Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing uh, yes, fa fairly uh, fairly humid air, uh, air mass over the uh, over the area right now. Uh, temperatures aren't overly high right now. Uh, looking at uh, kind of high teens uh, over much of the uh, much of the Avalon Peninsula. Uh, so um, not too too really warm, but certainly uh, yeah, quite humid. Not not necessarily conditions for thunder and lightning though, is it? It just strikes me that when it's when it feels that sticky and it's raining and it's heavy overcast that it could we could hear a thump anytime. But uh, are, are the conditions ripe for that? Uh, yeah, at this stage, yeah, we are uh, forecasting a, a risk of, uh, of thunder showers with that uh, with that area of uh, moisture. It's extending quite a ways, uh, quite a ways to the south. So uh, could see uh, could see a few a few claps of uh, could hear a few claps of thunder uh, as we go along through uh, through uh, especially through this afternoon. Um, but this, uh, certainly uh, with, with this one, the, the big thing is to uh, are those areas of heavier rain, which are uh, of course anybody that's out. Uh, driving or anything like that uh, could cause some uh, some issues with uh, with uh, with being on the roads and that yeah absolutely i just got into a bit of that before we spoke um and it's interesting too you know whenever the rain is coming straight down and there's not a lot of wind it always makes me feel i'm somewhere south or something you know because you don't often see that i mean i know it gets windy down south but here it's always accompanied bit with a little bit of it uh, any um significant uh, wind development or is this going to be a straight like a straight rainfall event this looks straight, uh, pretty much straight rainfall. Uh, yeah, not a not a lot of wind, and certainly, uh, uh, so, yeah, definitely when we get to some of the the bigger uh, bigger storms, especially now getting into the fall, uh, certainly this tends to be uh, accompanied by uh, by yeah, as you mentioned, some strong winds. But no, this one is uh, um, overall not not an overly uh, uh, intense system that's actually coming across. It's fairly uh, uh, fairly weak in terms of the wind, but uh, uh, definitely uh, it's picking up some uh, some moisture from. Uh, from well to the south, so that's uh, given those higher rates. But yeah, definitely uh, not not a, not a wind event this time around. Yeah, and David, I'm going to thank you very much for the segue, natural segue. You mentioned the fall, so I'll jump on that. Uh, we know there are a couple of formed uh, hurricanes that I dare I say it, especially after last year. But uh, we know there's one Franklin, and Gert seems to be less of a threat. What is the immediate, uh, if there is one, uh, concern with regard to um, uh, what might uh, develop and come our way? Now, in terms of the um, immediate term, like talking the next uh, the next few days, uh, right now for uh, doesn't seem to be much for Atlantic for, for Atlantic Canada or anything uh, right now that we should be too too concerned about. But yes, we're certainly keeping an eye, especially on uh, on Franklin, which is uh, right now still down uh, south of the uh, uh, Dominican Republic uh, as a tropical storm. Uh, the National Hurricane Center is uh, forecasting that to very slowly make its way towards the north and kind of meander a little. But as it comes up, uh, uh, moves northward across uh, across the Atlantic. Um, as it stands right now, uh, by uh, the later part of the weekend, uh, National Hurricane Center. Uh, is currently forecasting that track to still still have that storm uh, south of Bermuda, um, but it's certainly something that we're uh, we're keeping uh, a close eye on. That's uh, that's for sure, especially as you mentioned, getting uh, from what we had uh, the season we had last year with uh, with Fiona and, and also with uh, with Earl as well. So um, yeah, definitely keeping a, a very close eye on on that storm in particular as it uh, slowly makes its way up, but. 
in the uh, the very very near term, at uh, at best, this is uh, uh, looks like more of a, a will be more of an issue into the uh, early to mid part of next week. With that said, um, certainly uh, when it comes to uh, for folks to be pre- being uh, prepared for this, it's uh, it always helps uh, just to. Uh, to, to always uh, kind of stay prepared, keep it in the back of your mind, because uh, you know trying to go out and get supplies at the last minute. You know we've we've seen seen those uh, those new, news articles, <laughs> people lined up outside. You know Walmart and all the different stores and big long lines and things like that. Always a good idea to uh, to make sure that uh, that your uh, that folks are prepared well in advance for uh, for these types of events. Yeah, people need to listen and heed. I mean, you just said it right there. This Franklin, if, if anything does come of it, it wouldn't be until early next week. That gives everybody almost a week, you know, if you're out and about, just to grab something extra if you, in case you need it. But um, what do you make of, uh, um, you know, I, I'm just curious, and I know you're not the Hurricane Center, but, uh, and I don't want you to speak for them, but um, I, everybody gets a kick. I can't not ask you. Everybody gets a kick sort of out of the naming system. Neither one of these are threatening names like Hugo or, uh, or anything like that in the past um what do you make of their naming convention and uh, if you had your druthers would you uh, what, what, what would you name it um i'm glad i don't make those decisions <laughs> that's uh you yeah. name them after kids or something or um yeah i'm not i i, I know that they uh they, they've come up with these lists uh, they go through a rotation of every yeah. few years of uh of those of course when they when there is one that create that causes uh you know a lot of damage and and uh uh, and when there's a uh, you know significant uh, impacts to uh, property and life, uh, the the names will be retired and switched out. But uh, yeah, yeah, in terms of the naming convention, I'll uh, I'll leave that to the folks in uh, in uh, Miami for sure. Sure, uh, I uh, I got a few names in my that I could think of that could uh, appropriately fit a hurricane, but we'll save that for another day. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> David Neal. Thanks so much. Always appreciate your time on short notice and when uh, whenever there's something uh, to talk about in the weather, which there always is. Thanks again. All right, thank you. That's David Neal, Environment Canada. It's funny when, um, you know, they're always great to the media, great to us, especially, uh, you know, (laughs) weather can top a news story any day. And so... um uh, they're up to it themselves. When you when we do call, there's a media line we do call just for your information. And when we do call, uh, we often leave our information, what we want, uh, what we want to talk about and when we want to talk about it. But there's a, kind of an advisory on the line now that tells us that wait times might be longer due to the forest fires in the West Coast. And um, so, you know, everybody's stretched in, including the forecasters. And uh, David was telling me off here that, they um, they've been filling in and helping out where they can uh, when those uh, when staff are uh, when they're a little bit short staffed just because of the demands on um, on the environment forecast environment Canada forecast especially out west and given everything that the BC and Yellowknife and uh, Northwest Territories areas and Alberta have been going through so um, and going back to what David was mentioning um, do you are you the kind of person that leaves it till the last minute I mean. You know, uh, maybe before Fiona, you might have not taken these things as seriously. But, boy, all you had to do was look at what Port of Basque went through last year to know that you never know. And uh, stocking up is good. Do you do you take do you uh, heed that stuff, Claudette, I'm a last seriously? Minute thing. I'm a last-minute person, I have to admit. But, you know, listening to this conversation, the first thing, thought that I had was, I wonder if my medications are all yeah. up to date. So that's one thing that I am going to look for, look toward this week to make sure that I have all of my medications. So that's a big one for me. And um, also, you know, just food. Make sure that you have the, uh, uh, I think it's three days you're supposed to have according yeah. to the Canadian Red Cross. I think a lot of us have a 
about, you know, food. That are we, we talking now? Are we talking nutrition here, Claudia? Are we talking storm chips? No, we're talking storm. <laughs> that, that's the thing. You fi- that's so not what me- I find funny. <laughs> Most people are going to go out and just get the storm chips as, instead of the nutritional stuff that they need, right? Stuff that could sustain you and, yes. and be freeze-dried or be um, non-perishable, shall we say? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, people are going to go and grab those storm chips for sure. Um, water, too. That's something that sometimes we don't mm-hmm. think of. I'm sure people are going to be stocked with beer, but... <laughs> And, you know, it didn't really, it, it should, it should always hit me yeah. being in radio, but it didn't really hit me until really Snowmageddon, how valuable my battery radio was. Yeah, you know, that's I mean, a big one. People have the crank radio. Some people have these cool crank, you know, it, it became kind of a, um, a thing. Nostalgic thing. Yeah, nostalgic yeah. thing, the crank radio. They work. But, no, I, I have an old radio from my dad, takes the big old D batteries. <laughs> and uh, so I, right after that, I went out and bought a bunch of those batteries just because at the time I knew, I don't know how much, I get a little battery tester now too to see how much battery is left in it because I hate throwing out batteries when I don't know how much is left in them. I know. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, we, we gave away um, a radio uh, for to a family member once for Christmas because they really wanted it. I yeah. think they were in... Uh, inspired after say snowmageddon the thinking that they should have had one and yes they should have so uh so many things to think about but you're right we're about a week away and uh, who knows what's going to happen but uh you certainly put some thoughts into my mind that i have to go make a few phone calls yeah sorry about that we're good i'm glad <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i want to see you back next week um all right that gets us just to about the news and uh speaking earlier about the hydroplaning and the possibility that a couple of accidents we'll get an update on those at least one of the accidents there in the newscast coming up and uh, we'll be right back here on News Talk right after the news. Your VOCM mornings with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy, 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays on your VOCM. Thank you very much, Mr. Richard Duggan. Um, We're back on News Talk. It's Brian, of course, uh, Callahan filling in for Linda Swain today. Going to move to the Arts and Culture Centers now. And, you know, I just want to talk for a moment. I love affair with the Arts and Culture Centers myself, personally, from my very early days. In St. John's mostly, of course, where I grew up, uh, but also the ones in Gander, Stephen Mill, and Cornerbrook for me, where I've been pretty fortunate enough to have performed on the stages of all of those over the years. And um, Mr. Prolin, a family friend for decades, of course, most appropriate this morning that the St. John's Arts and Culture Center has formally been renamed in his name, John C. Perlin. Um, and, uh, you know, I love everything about the one in St. John's. I was a kid somehow able to watch. I remember being able to watch the Santa Claus parades from uh, from upstairs where there was an art gallery. I don't know how we ever got up there, but people were freezing out on the parkway. This is when the parade used to be out in the parkway. And they'd be out there. somehow we managed to get up into an area where we could watch it from up in the gallery. And then, there's, of course, you know, the... The, the twinkling lighting in the main theater there that you stare at for hours or, well, at least for minutes before you're waiting for a performance to begin. And so, um, yeah, and then there's the coziness, the basement theater, the Barbara Barrett Theater, the basement theater, named after her, of course. Um, so some, uh, you know, just a wonderful facility, great legacy of the former premier, uh, Joey Smallwood, who established it and, of course, renamed today for John C. Perlin. Um, there was a lovely ceremony there at the Arts and Culture today, uh, attended by the Premier, um, Minister Crocker, and of course Debbie Powers, a close person, very close friend of um, Mr. Perlin, and they all had a, a, a moment to be able to talk about him and what the renaming meant to all of them. 
Thank you for joining us here this morning at the St. John's Arts and Culture Centre. As Minister of Tourism, Culture, Arts and Recreation, I'm honoured to be here to share in today's announcement. I would like to welcome the Honourable Dr. Andrew Fury, Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, the family and friends of Mr. Perlin, and other special guests from the arts and cultural community. I would now like to invite Premier Fury uh, to the podium. Good morning, everybody, and thank you uh, for joining me today uh, to pay tribute to the late John C. Perlin, a true giant in the arts and culture community and a dear friend to many, a dear friend of mine. When we lost John on October 9th, 2022, the province lost a philanthropist, an advocate, and a lifelong public servant. In addition to his long and illustrious life of philanthropy, as well as his service to the monarchy, he had a successful career of public service. He was an example to what we should all aspire to in the calling of public service. He, of course, was the first ever Director of Cultural Affairs with the provincial government. It was through this role that John was instrumental in the establishment of the province's arts and culture centers and managed their very operations until his retirement in 1989. The tremendous value that the arts and culture centers bring to our province and to our people cannot be understated. They are cultural hubs for our communities and our artistic organizations and artists. Some house libraries like this one, and some have recreation facilities attached to them. They serve as a critical piece of their communities, of the building blocks of Newfoundland and Labrador. They host events for all ages and engage in cultural activities and allow people to learn about their culture, to socialize, and to learn new skills. They are centers of vitality. Simply put, our arts and culture centers are part of who we are as Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. How many of us here today can remember the magic of sitting under the starry lights in that theater right there, ready to be enchanted by the talent on stage? For many people across our province, even those who didn't grow up to be artists, performing at our arts and culture centers offered endless, boundless, imaginative opportunities for personal and social development. As Premier of Newfoundland and Labrador, I am focused on the well-being of people in our province of all ages and what it means to individuals and to our society as a whole. We know that arts and culture have enormous value on the very well-being of individuals and our communities. Dedicating time to creativity and exploring art, music, and other forms of cultural expression have a wonderfully positive impact on all of us, on our society, our communities, and the province as a whole. We are richer for that. It is part of the very fabric of Newfoundland and Labrador. Now, my friends, John understood that before most of us many years ago. He also recognized the value of supporting our artists and ensuring that they were able to create and succeed. 
That vision has been inspiring to so many. It continues to inspire me. Earlier this year, my government announced that 2024 will be the year of the arts in Newfoundland and Labrador. And a few weeks ago, we announced $2.7 million in Year of the Arts funding for Arts NL to ensure that our province's artists, the heart and soul of our province, have the resources they need to prepare for this year's events. When the arts are supported, the quality of life for Newfoundlanders and Labradorians is enhanced thanks to more vibrant and dynamic communities. And John understood that fundamental fact. The kind of contribution John C. Perlin had on our province is deserving, however, than just a nice speech and some, wor and some words. It's deserving of a cemented legacy, a way to ensure that his influence and impact will not be forgotten. So today, it is my distinct honor and privilege to announce that the St. John's Arts and Culture Center from this day forward will be known as the John C. Perlin Arts and Culture Center. This dedication will ensure that both the history of our arts and culture centers, as well as John's contributions to Newfoundland and Labrador's cultural sector, are remembered for years to come. Now, I'm sure before I give the mic back to Steve and the minister, I want to thank all the family and friends who brought forward this remarkable idea. I was happy to advance it, given the legacy that John leaves. I can't help but feel his spirit in the room today. And without a shadow of a doubt, he's telling me that my pocket square is not fixed perfectly or the flag is slightly tilted. Thank you very much, Premier. I would now like to invite Ms. Debbie Powers to the podium. Ms. Powers is well-known well across Newfoundland and Labrador and Canada for her work with animal welfare. She was involved with and led the St. John's SPA, SPCA for over 40 years. She is a member of the Order of Newfoundland and Labrador as well as a member of the Provincial Volunteer Hall of Fame. She was recognized by the YMWCA as the Woman of Distinction and as recipient of the Maine Canada's Frederica McGrand Award. Ms. Powers is the first cousin of Mr. Perlin, and they were lifelong friends. And according to my notes, prior to his passing, they were nightly dinner companions. I didn't want to be in this position today, that I can tell you. But with lots of love, I was very fond of John. We fought like you wouldn't believe. I put him in his place when he needed it, and that was lots of times, let me tell you. But we loved him dearly, and he did so much for this province. Uh, his whole, if we needed to know anything, we asked John. We certainly got told off if it was wrong, if we wore the wrong medal or we did the wrong thing. Now, he could be a bit of a lad himself, you know. And we had many, many a laugh. I'll give you one little story, if I may. During just pre-COVID, I guess, the, he and I took to going out to bid goods. Now, these two old ducks, me, I didn't have the walker then, and John sort of hobbling around like this with his old hat on. 
and we were looking around for groceries. Uh, he had one, and I had a basket full. I think all of you would know that. You know John. <laughs> God love him. We get to the checkout, and he goes first. And the lady says, now get your wife to push the cart up. Jesus, he said, she's not my wife, that old best. Well, you can imagine what I said. I really gave it to him about him. Anyway, all kidding aside, at this particular point, I want to thank you because no one would be better pleased than John for this honor. And I'm very pleased, as are the Crosby family, who I want to thank. And I want to recognize Mr. Roger Crosby here because Roger and John were great friends and did everything together. And if I may, please, perhaps this isn't the place, but it is for me. I want to thank Susan Gardner, and I want to thank Brian Noserly for the care that he gave and Susan gave to John during his illness. We always managed to laugh with him. We did it well, and he would have been lost without them. So I thank you very much, Premier Fiori. I thank you for everything. And that is Debbie Powers, the former longtime uh, overseer and runner of the SPCA here in St. John's. Um, just and a very close friend, of course, of John C. Perlin, who is now um, the name on the Arts and Culture Center here in St. John's. Um, following a pattern of other arts and cultures across the province, as I mentioned, Gordon Pinson in Grand Falls, Windsor. Um, Mr. Smallwood himself, former Premier Smallwood in Gander. And again, I'm waiting for someone to correct me. I can't remember if it was formally changed in Lab West and Cornerbrook or not, but someone will let me know. Anyway, we're going to move on to uh, change gears completely. As they say, I'm Monty Python, something completely different. Right after the break, I'm Brian Callahan here on News Talking for Linda Swain. We'll be right back. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back to the program, uh, News Talk, which we now becomes, which now becomes Sports Talk. Jay's Talk. Jay's Talk, Sports <laughs> Talk, yeah, it probably will be more centered on Jay's Talk. And I'm joined by VOCM Sarah Strickland. Uh, if you can only see the wall in her office, holy Moses. Um, Love me some George Springer. Even I, though he's not having like a banner year, George Springer does no wrong in my yeah, books. You, 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 you wait all day for a Springer dinger and one comes while you're not watching. Well, I was recording weather in the VOCM newsroom <laughs> on Sunday. I had the same conversation with Linda Swain the other day. She was like, oh, that Springer poster. And she's a Jays fan. She's like, we got a problem with Springer. <laughs> well, he came around the other day uh, when you weren't watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, they all came around on Sunday. But it whether was a or not slugfest. They, whether or not they can sustain that against the Orioles tonight is, <laughs> well, okay, so let's face it. They're not the odds on to, um, to do anything, any major damage. I mean, you know, the <laughs> perfect world, they sweep this. They're six games back. I yeah. <laughs> uh, I the think they sweep. Their yeah, best no. chance to get a game is tonight because uh, Rod- Rodriguez on the mound, Grayson Rodriguez, he's not their best pitcher. I think his ERA is five five and, the, five and a half, yep. Yeah, so, uh, and they've got Kikuchi on the mound, of course, which who would have thought that we'd be sitting here saying, saying he's our best. You say Kikuchi. If I was in a wild card game one shot, I'd send Kikuchi to the mound. Instead of Gosman? Yeah. And yeah. Boggles. Like, but it just goes to show. So that's the point. So most people are saying, okay, the Jays against Baltimore. Baltimore on fire. They are no longer 
they're proven, so we mm-hmm. don't need to talk about that. Um, who would have thunk it, though? Who would have thunk it? But they've proven it, and, and who would have thought? And the, and the Yankees are, as I mentioned earlier, a dumpster fire. And the, the, the Red Sox. But look, it, let's face it. In order for the Jays to be able to, um, to show, I mean, they just have to show something. They have to show some consistent consistency with either, the, well, the bats, because the pitching is there. But getting both of those going at the same time. It's impossible with this team, it seems like. It's either, you know, we're hitting dingers all over the place and the bullpen is, it's usually the bullpen, giving up a whole bunch of runs and we don't win, or the pitching is on point and they're not scoring any runs. So they never come together. Bottling the both of those is the trick, <clears throat> but let's face it: if you know they have to make some kind of a dent, Seattle's on fire. They're now a game out, mm-hmm. so they're looking. They're outside looking in now, <clears throat> looking in now as well. So that's position they haven't been for a while, and that's kind of like I know it was only a half game, one way or the other. But once it happened, I think that just kind of made everybody set back a little bit more and say, "Oh, this might not happen at all." Question: Does Schneider survive if they don't make the playoffs? Does Schneider survive? I don't think Schneider should. And I'm be not here. talking about Davis Babe Schneider. Davis Babe Schneider. I'm yeah. talking and the great stash. I'm talking about <laughs> the other Schneider. <clears throat> to be fair, I do think Babe Schneider survives too. Um, I think he's still on this roster, but I don't think Schneider should be here at all. I think Don Mattingly should be running this we agree ball team. wholeheartedly on that. I don't think John Schneider should have been signed to a three-year contract at the end of last year. Just my opinion. A minor league manager, he got called up, what, they fired Montoya last year, what, July? Mm. That's not enough time. Yep. They really had to go hunting for a guy like Don Mattingly, who has years and years of yep. experience, right? He's just not experienced. And we've seen it this year with some of the decisions that he makes. These are not major league decisions. I'm still baffled a little bit, <clears throat> given what uh, Babe Snyder, Schneider was, that role he was on, breaking records left, right, and center, and then they sit him. Mm-hmm. And yet, and he's proven that he can still do it because he just came back and hit one to win a game the other night. Yes. So every time they put him in the lineup, he does something good. Why do you take him out of that lineup? I know you have people coming back off off the injured list. I know you have uh, players that had to play because of contracts. You got a, a pretty healthy Kevin Biggio who's shown that he can be... Silently. Silently. But yep. uh, given that, you know, show. most people thought he and Bichette... And Vladdy, the trio, would be the ones to the, turn it up. And, the Nepo yep. babies of the Blue Jays. Right now, I think I trust so many more players, just speaking on Guerrero. In a big moment, Guerrero doesn't, another issue right doesn't deliver yeah. in the big moments. Yeah, and the infield hits or the lazy sort of, um, you know, broken bat singles aren't going to cut Little it. Loopers, Little Buck loopers, as Buck Martinez would say. And with a guy, I mean, look, there was a time whenever Vladdy, and not too long ago, if he walked to the plate, you know, there was a tingle. There was an mm-hmm. excitement. There is none of that now. They've I don't, got him figured out. He's just, yeah, and so he's got to figure it out. Look, we all know that that's how it happens. Pitchers figure out batters. Batters have to figure out what the pitchers mm-hmm. figure out and adjust one way or the other. So it's the same as, is he throwing me a slider or is he going to throw me the 101-mile-an-hour fastball? It's all guesswork, but some people guess better than others. And I don't know now, I don't know if the finger is an issue. He had a little issue when he couldn't hold on to his bat the other night, and they ended up taking him out of the game. I don't know if there's any up. Have you seen any updates? I haven't seen anything on that. It was just like the one. It was like Springer. Mm. They had a little issue with Springer. I think it was 
was it the ankle? I'm not even sure. They they quietly said yeah, he couldn't stand up at home. He yeah. took three swings and all of them were awkward. Where he almost, but he had that dinger. But he had the dinger. So we got a Springer dinger. So I think he's okay. And let's face it, Springer has proven his worth. If we, you just feel like if he can get to that level of playoff baseball, he'll be maybe able to recreate the magic he did for Houston when he was an MVP. Now I got to ask you a question: If they get to October, do you put Springer back at the top of the lineup to lead off, or do you? keep Merrifield there. Oh no, Springer Springer backup has to go there. He's earned that over the years and to have that luxury because if there's one person right now that is almost 1000% reliable in a clutch situation, it's Merrifield. I mean, every he's doing it in the field, he's doing it with All the hit bat. wit. Yep, all hit wit. I love it. Mm-hmm. Great nickname. And Jansen, these guys, Jansen, right? Jansen, yep. Not the stars, not the standout stars, but you can see how they're resting Jansen as much as possible right now, preparing for some kind of stretch. And let's face it, if they don't put something together over the next couple of weeks, we can all just you know, shred the stress, relax. It's not going to be a playoff year. We can enjoy the run because, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are – Blue Jays fans, but they're not baseball fans. So once the Jays are out, they don't, they couldn't care. They're mm-hmm. not, they have no interest in October baseball, which blows my mind. But I, you know, as a baseball fan, I'll still enjoy it to watch what Baltimore can do, and to watch whether or not Houston can rise to the vote, whether or not the Dodgers have something to offer, whether or not other teams that are just all over there, Seattle could even do it mm-hmm. at least. People should remember, though, there is no one-game playoff. Right, this, they've changed that. That's eliminated, so you wouldn't see a repeat of what happened last year. When we you know who, mm. uh, Mr. Manoa just kind of, you know, imploded on a Friday night. But um, <laughs> the other thing about that, oh, I lost my train of thought. It, it, you won't see the same sort of rhythm that you saw from last year. And also, it's a tiebreak situation. And the Jays lose the tiebreak right now yep. they, to all of the teams ahead of them in the wildcard. Exactly. So that's the other killer. Yep. That people but wouldn't realize. also, I'm going to be up there for the last. It could be the last yeah, series really of the hear Jays about that season. I'm not really interested well, in learning about your tickets to the Jays. My Yankees tickets next to week. the Jays next week. Or next next month. week, September. Next, Sorry, it's, September. we're not over yet. Yeah, yeah. We still got a lot, of, lot of baseball to play. If it was next Yankees, week, Yankees, and then they're going to end with the Tampa Bay Rays, mm. which could be a huge series. Yeah, I mean, look, this has all been a little bit negative. Let's say <laughs> we're getting close to the top of the show here it's been a little bit negative but just rightly and justifiably so because there's been no consistency and they've yep. kept everybody on the edge of their seats a little run that could have created some space maybe get the first playoff spot maybe just be, just all you needed was a small run all mm-hmm. they're doing is treading water all they had to do was win four or five games in a row and they wouldn't be in this position so anyway frustrating as it is um we'll uh, tonight's going to be great uh, either way, it's going to be fascinating. Yep. I mean, everybody loves to be in the underdog position. So uh, to, it's crazy to think that the Jays are in an underdog position against a mm-hmm. team like the Orioles, who at the beginning of the season were given no chance. And to find them now in a position where... It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. weird. Sarah Strickland, thank you so much. That 10 minutes always flies when we talk b Anytime. And Claudette Burns is always like, how did you do it? <laughs> She it's never magic. thinks she never thinks we're going to make it 10 minutes. It's I'm magic. just so impressed with all of your knowledge on that. <laughs> I see a Ricky Duggan uh, I do too. flying through. Yeah, I don't know go. if that's for us or yeah, not. Yeah, we got to get Bye. out of here. All right. So uh, that's it for News Talk today. Thanks for being with us on the New Sports Talk. Uh, I'm Brian Callahan in for Linda Swain. I believe Linda's back tomorrow. I believe Patty's back tomorrow too. So uh, have a safe drive out there, folks. Some areas are in for a heavy rain still, uh, but drive safely. Rive Alive, BOCM Cares.